0: We were able to to break bread with David and Jade Wilkins last night, and they were talking about Legos. And I said, hey, I got a whole sermon tomorrow about Legos. And they were like, "That's, that's different. I said, yes, just for you, just for you. And so as I get my props together, guys, I have been holding on to this illustration for about two years, so I'm pretty stoked, okay? Master Builders. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. Jacob um, was able to read scripture to us this morning about spiritual gifts and what God is doing in the church and how he blesses us in so many different ways. And this morning we are going to see how we build on what God has given us. Let me ask you a question. What do you see in this box it's a little murky, but you can see. I know Calvin was pretty stoked about it. He said, "We got Legos. What are in this box? What do you see? What are the colors? What are the shapes? What do you know?" 1 Corinthians chapter 12 continuing on what Jacob read to us. Let's look at verse 12. 12 through 14, Paul says this, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. Highlight 14 if you could for me. For in fact, the body is not one member, but is many. We pray with me as we jump into God's word. God, we thank you for today. Lord, our lives are so busy. And our lives are moving at such a rapid speed. And we have so many responsibilities and obligations and things to do and things on our mind and people to look after and all of these things. Lord, at times it might be hard to even come into the church and sing. We are so weighed down at times, it is hard to worship. I see this in my life and the people that we have here. Lord, I pray that we remove all distractions that we are able to take a deep breath this morning, feast our eyes and our hearts on you, that we leave this place stronger and more faithful than we did when we entered. Be with with your word, Lord. I pray that you use me, that you remove all agendas, thoughts, and opinions, and you just speak what your spirit would have you speak. In your precious name, the church says in harmony, amen. You know, we are in an investor's age. Crypto coins and all this money by the government, all this stuff. You can make some money if you're wise during this time. And there's so many things to put your money in. And my family, we have prayed and talked and had a lot of serious discussions. And we have really banked on Legos are the way to go, okay? When all of this other stuff fails and Legos really come to the forefront, we're going to be doing well. Because we got a small fortune in this toy, Liam liked Legos when he was like three or four, and it never went away, and my girls have played with them, and London has dabbled in them. And like I said, if, if a storm came and blew my house away and insurance didn't exist, I think that I would have enough of this that I could build myself a new home, okay? Legos are fascinating if you guys or your kids have enjoyed these. When I was younger, Legos have been out for a long time, but I never owned a Lego. I didn't know anything about Legos. I liked Baseball and basketball and He-Man and G.I. Joe and Batman, I didn't have a Lego to my name, but I know all about them now. And if you know anything about Lego, what's fascinating about Lego, I brought a box here to, for an illustration. This was a big guy right here. 2,526 pieces, okay? I don't know if I could do this, but man, my son, about four or five years ago for Christmas, he, he spent a month putting this guy together, And what's fascinating about Legos, if if you don't know, or if you do know, you might amen me, Hunter, I know all about this. 2,526 pieces. There is not a double in this box. So if you lose one piece, you are in trouble, right? Every piece is unique, every piece is important. So there's been times where, like, Liam has this array of Legos everywhere, and he goes, Dad, Dad, and I I run down where where he is in the basement. He's putting this together. He goes, I can't find this one little piece, and I can't go forward without it. And so I've had, like, a flashlight looking under cabinets just trying to find this guy, right? Every piece, there are no doubles. Every piece is important. Every piece is unique. Every piece is essential to build what you have in front of you, right? why you bought into the item in the first place. Also, if you know anything about Legos, missing pieces are very much noticeable. So there's been times where I'm like, hey, brother, I'm done looking. I don't see the gray block. Go get a red one from your batch upstairs and just make it work. And then you build this huge building, right? And you're like, man, I don't remember the Statue of Liberty having a red dress on. I don't remember that. And so you have all of these pieces, 2,000. You got the bat cave, the bat helicopter, the batmobile, the bat cycle, you got everything. And you go, man, that one little piece that I know doesn't fit in perfectly, you can see it from a mile away, right? Also, if you know anything about Legos, you're given instructions that are pretty easy to build them. Like I said, my kids have been doing it since they were three. If you never bought the knockoff Legos, you ever bought those because they were cheaper, they don't come with these instructions. It's like 200 blocks and they go, hey, see what happens. But Legos, man, like every page is like, all you gotta do is grab this one piece and put it on this one piece. And if you have the buy-in, if you buy the product and you have a desire to build, you can find the Death Star. And you can find the Millennium Falcon. Almost got me. You can find the Batcave, cave, right? All that is required, hang on it. All that is required is a buy-in and a desire to build. This is the church. This is the church. I was sitting down in my basement on Christmas morning as my son built this two years ago, and I thought, I gotta write this down somewhere. This is the church, Right? Man, just look at our praise team. I was thinking about this just this week as I was putting the sermon together. Our praise team, which we didn't really have a good direction, and we were praying as we were moving. I said, God, like put this together. What do we have? Who do I got to call? How do we get this moving? And God took what we already had, and I might be partial. I might be high on them, but I love them. I love our musicians, and I love our singers, and I love our leaders. I think that we are blowing it through the roof. I am thankful for Stony and Chris and. Sil- I love our worship team. Pieces that we already had, random pieces that don't look like much, God puts together to be something amazing. Look at our teachers. Look at our Sunday school teachers. I was walking down, and I saw Brittany Watson teaching Wednesday night, right, Brittany? This is the first time you ever taught a class. And you know what? I'd rather not have anyone else but her. I love that she's teaching the class. I love that Brooke is teaching a class. I love that we have the Edwards. I love that we have all of these people that don't have a long history that are just teaching and teaching and teaching and they come to the church because we need them. We had to make a phone call to get them. No, no, no. God brought in his people. He knew what we needed. He knew who you were and he put you in the right place with a buy-in and a desire to build something wonderful look at our staff look at our deacons look at our givers look at our servers look at our encouragers what do you see in this box my family's about to have a garage sale this looks like a box that i would put a sticker on that says five dollars right i kind of want the box more than i want the legos like i got too much of this mess five dollars and you can have it that's what it looks like to me right well, here's the truth. My family, we've never bought just those random boxes of Legos. We've always bought sets, right? Star Wars, Batman, Marvel, all that mess. I've never just bought a bunch of black Legos. So I know exactly what's in here. This is not a $5 box of random pieces. This is probably about $1,000 worth of Walmart Lego sets. We got the Avengers Tower in this box, We got a police station in this box. We got the Batcave in this box. Now here's the thing. Do you see any of this? Do you you see the Batcave? Do you see the Avengers Tower? Do you see the Millennium Falcon? Do you see the Death Star? Do you see the Avengers Tower? No, you don't. You see $5 full of mess, junk, garbage sale, This is the church. This is the global church. And this is the local church. For so many of us, you can take that down, sweetie. All they're going to be looking at is the police station. (laughs) Can I put that together? I'll give you $5. (laughs) For some of you in your worship, hang with me. For some of you in your worship, for some of you in your walk, for some of you in your discipleship, for some of you in the global believers that you're connected to, for some of you in your local church experiences, right? How you grew up in the church, for some of you, all you know is random pieces of garage sale mess. That's all I know. Like I don't love my brothers and sisters. This is not my family. I don't sing loud. I don't look forward to Sunday. I don't have time where I pour into others. Like all I see is random pieces. And for some of you guys, go Hunter. All I do is worship in the back cave. I think God knows my heart. I'm gonna. Be, when you get to heaven, you're like, where's, where's Jones at? And you're like, man, he's, he's worshiping with Bruce Wayne. Some of you guys know garage sale, and for some of you guys know the Batcave. This morning, I want to take a second, and I want us to digest the beauty of what God has done, the beauty of what God, who God is, the beauty of what has God given, and I want you and I to look to see how do we become master builders with the gifts and blessings that God has poured onto us. How do we grow something great? Hang, how do we grow something great? Look at 1 Corinthians 13. Look at 1 Corinthians 13. Let's go 1 through 3. Man, such a beautiful word. Man, it's wonderful. First three verses. Paul speaks about gifts, Paul speaks about the church. Paul speaks about the Holy Spirit, but hang on, one through three. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Remember what Jacob read to us. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge. Man, that'd be awesome, right? And though I have all the faith, and so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits, highlight it. It profits me nothing. Man, that seems like a pretty wonderful package there, right? You are faithful, and you are knowledgeable, and you are a giver. Like, what is better than that? But he says, hey, listen, if you don't have the buy-in, and you don't have the desire, if you don't have the love that comes around all of it, it's all worth nothing. I tell you guys at this church all the time, I want you to see the big picture and the context of what is happening in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul is looking at the church in Corinth and he says, "Listen, guys, I want you to see the glory of who God is, how great your creator is, how phenomenal his son is, the grace that has been given. You have been making much of yourself and little of him. See how amazing God is." Chapter 11. He looks at the Lord's Supper which we partake in last week and he goes, "Guys, what are you doing?" He looks at the Lord's Supper and he pours the gospel into him. He goes, this is his body. This is his blood. He is our creator. He is our rescuer. What are you doing? You are playing church like my girls play house. This isn't real. All you see is garbage sale, random pieces. Jacob reads to us in the next chapter about the spiritual gifts right next to that. And then 13 how it all comes together. Paul tells us that as believers that we have been filled with his spirit, we have been blessed with gifts, we are filled with his power, we are given opportunities, but if not done in love, it profits no one. You know, I love apologetics, defending our faith. I love when Jacob Malone said that He was teaching that on Sunday school. Man, that stirs my affections. I love, and I teach this all the time here on Sundays about looking at the past and connecting the books and seeing the evidence and understanding the differences so you can defend your faith, so you can rest in assurance. I love this. It is a knowledge and a teaching that is rare and not taught enough. Hear me. But without, last week, but without a genuine closeness to God and a genuine love for your brother, like what good is it? Like how effective is it? Like if anything, it's confusing. And like I've seen this in my life. I've seen this early in my ministry where I looked at people and I said, man, if I can just get them here, if I can just get that person here and they can see the church, then they'll fall in love with it, right? If I can just teach them, if I can just prove to them, if they can just hear me preach, right? But listen to, and you don't have to flip your Bibles, listen to what Jesus says. John 34. 1334, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, by this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Man, this is something that the church and Christians fail so often. We are so much quicker to judge than to love. We are so quick to look outward than inward. We are so quick to fight and run to conflict than to want peace. Hear me out and hang on my words. Knowledge has never been the issue. Apologetics has never been the issue. Your ignorance has never been the issue. God's word has always been sufficient. God's word has always been enough. God's word has always been amazing. Our hearts and our community and our love for one another is what fails. Paul continues and he says, Guys, if you don't know what I'm talking about with love, he says, Love suffers. It suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, love is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely, it does not seek its own, it's not provoked, it thinks no evil, it does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. You know, Paul is not speaking to the church about how you treat the lost, even though it's a good word about how to be kind. He's talking about how to treat each other. Do you know that? Like he's looking at the people after the Lord Supper, after he corrected them, and he's pouring the gospel into them. He goes, guys, stick together. You don't know how beautiful this is and what is possible. Love one another. Take care of one another. Lean on one another. Stop your conflict. We struggle with this. We struggle with this. Churches split. Members fight. We look down on one another. We drag our names through the mud. And I don't know if our conscience feels anything of it. And I remember being in school and early in ministry where I was just engulfed in this. And I don't know if you know this or not. It depends on what circles you run in, but... Christians and early ones and young ones, man, they can be um, haters at the least. Right? First time I used haters in a sermon. And I remember just like listening to all these guys that were much smarter than I was and they had read a lot more than I had. And I remember them just crushing people. You ever heard this? Like They were just crushing pastors and crushing women and just crushing authors and crushing churches and crushing denominations and crushing teachers. And I was like, man, these guys are a lot smarter than I am. Um, It sounds like they're the enemy. Sounds like we hate these people. And then, like, I was talking to one of them. I go, hey, hey, excuse my ignorance. Like, are these wolves in sheep clothing? Some are. Are these just people with differences? Because it sounds to my uneducated ears like we dislike them. Are they gonna be in heaven with us? Like, are the Southern Baptists all that's gonna be there? <laughs> right? Like, I'm not coming into any like background into this game, guys. I wasn't raised in a denomination. I don't have any roots. I'm here because I believe in what we stand for and love, but by no means do I think we have it all right. And as I said, Christians, early believers, young people, man, they can hate on folks. We will trash people. And you know what I think we do? I think we confuse the outside world. I think we confuse the inside world. Honestly, what I found is most of the time, Primarily, most of the time, these were not people with difference in gospel-related issues. These were just individuals with different styles, different preferences, different thoughts, and different opinions and interpretations on what Scripture said, which is, hang on it, don't twist my words, important. It is important. But we're not called to hate them. We're not called to trash them. Here's the truth. We will eat our own. We will eat our own. And Paul goes, Man, you are not going to experience the gift. If it's not cradled in love first. And I'm not talking about Eastview, I'm talking about the global church, Christian brothers and sisters. If they are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, if they love the Lord, if they're gonna be in glory, stand for truth. Because I know someone's coming to me after this and going, hey, truth doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to say, stop being so hateful, love one another. Or you're not able to experience the back cave that's been given to you. Look at verse 8. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then which is a part will be done away. Are you childish in your walk, church? And I was talking to Brad Douglas this week. And here's a true point that I want you to really digest, okay? We have an amazing church here. Amazing. I tell you every week how much I love you guys. And you guys are great at feedback, man. I hear everything. I hear the good, the bad. I hear phenomenal this and amazing this, and I'm growing I hear all of those things. But you know something I never hear ever? Ever? I never hear about conviction. Ever. Ever. I never hear, man, that crushed me. I don't ever hear it. And it's not because you guys aren't vocal. I hear it all. I hear, I love you, and I wish you'd change everything about you. I hear it. I never hear, man, you are speaking to me. I am judgmental. And I am childish. And I am self-righteous. And I do judge. I'm childish. I never hear it. Ever. Why is that? Amen, brother. Me too. Or at least half of them. Amen. Do you think inwardly? Let me ask you a question. Would you be comfortable for other believers, other brothers and sisters, to hear what you said about them behind their back? Would you be comfortable? Like, hey, brother, put that on the screen. Let's give it a shot. Would you, would you be comfortable even the people in this church? And like I said, we're loving. If you're a visitor here, this is the most tight-knit group that I've ever been a part of. Would you eat your own? Would you want me, your pastor, to hear what you said about me? You be comfortable? Like, that's our hearts. That's our, that's our nature. We're spiteful people. We're harsh and we're judgmental and we're self-righteous. And Paul goes, man, this is the glory of God. This is his gospel. This is what he's given you. But understand, man, it is not going to form. It is not going to grow if you don't found it on Jesus and build it on love. All you will know is garage sales. That's all you will experience. That's all you will know. That's all... You will believe. Hang. Love suffers long and long and is kind, do you? Do you suffer with others? Love does not envy. Do you have envy in your heart? Am I speaking to you? Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. Are you rude, church? It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It doesn't think evil. Man, that's a good one. Let's stop. How's your mind towards others? It does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Is that who you are, or are you convicted today? You know, one thing that Wendy and I have been telling each other lately as our kids get older, um, and if you guys have multiple kids, maybe you know this to be true, or maybe you're just a much better parent than we are, is that when you have a big family, multiple kids, um, it can be hard to maintain harmony, because there's just more people, Right? There's just a lot of you. And so the more people you put under that roof, the numbers might be against you at times. And so what I mean by this is is that for us to have harmony and for us to have peace, I need everybody bought in. And not only do I need everybody bought in, one person can disrupt it. You ever seen this? And maybe you're just ahead of the game than I am, and I'm okay if that's true. Hopefully I figure it out. But we can wake up and man, Liam can be good, London can be good, Lennon can be great. And if Lila wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, it'll disrupt everybody, right? One person, and there's times, guys, where I'll sit with my kids And I'll go, you don't understand all that you have. I don't know why you're whining. I don't know why you're acting this way. I don't know why you're pushing people around. I don't know why you're complaining and crying. You got family, bro. You know how many people don't know have parents? Do you know that you have a house and you got a yard? Do you see how much yard you got? Go play. Do you know how good you got it and how much you have? You got toys and TV and Friends, you got Legos. You ever said this? But you will not be able to enjoy any of them if your perspective and your heart and your eyes and your mind is not in the right place. You will live in a $5 box. God goes, I've given you so many gifts. I've given you so many gifts. I believe that the high majority of us cannot comprehend, do not know, cannot imagine the amount of gifts God has and desires to lavish us with. I think our life would be filled with the praise team example. Man, you put this person beside me and I have this friend and the coworker I didn't even see who was coming in and all of these things, if our heart was right... The Bible tells us spiritual gifts are for saved people. They are for Christians. They are for my children. Why? To enjoy, to grow, to be equipped, to be light bearers, to be image bearers, to be family, to be partners in the gospel, Peter says, to be equippers and teachers, shoulders to lean on, friends to laugh with, shoulders to cry on. That's why I've given you all of these things, but you won't enjoy them if you do not love one another well. Are you childish, church, or do you love well? Man, I came in, and I had it heavy on my heart this morning. I share with you guys every day just my, my deep, energetic love for the local church, especially this one. But, man, I think we live in a day and age... In a culture, and this is more primary if you're younger, that we are so stretched thin and we are so boggled down and we are maxed out in our money and in our time and our people and our schedules. We are so burdened that it has created a mind and a heart that's annoyed and angered and stressed and resentful and, and all of these things. And I don't think that we can even come in an hour a week without being just completely weighed down. Our lives are burdened, our minds are burdened, our hearts are burdened to the point that you can't even sing, right? Paul goes, man, I don't want this for you. You've lost the desire, you've lost the buy-in, and you're losing the gifts. Do you have a trouble singing, church? Do you have trouble singing here? Do you have trouble being in your Bible on Tuesday morning? Do you have trouble serving in areas? Do you have trouble giving? And Paul goes, man, I have blessed you. God has blessed you in so many different ways with so many different gifts. But your mind and your heart and your soul has to be clear. I want us to end where we started last week. Will you turn with me again to Ephesians 4, please? We're closing in. Ephesians 4. Last week, Paul comes to us and he says, I beseech you. You remember, I'm begging you. I am begging you. I am begging you. Stay close to God. We see the same thing. I am begging you. I am begging you. I am begging you. Love one another. Listen to what he says to you, verses 1 through 3. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, I beg you, to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness, humility, and gentleness, long-suffering, Bearing with one another. I want you to hang on that, guys. He's not looking at Brent and going, Brent, this is how you can be the most phenomenal individual for Jesus. This is how you can grow your mind and your spirit. What he says is, you have to live with one another. Unity, collectiveness, community, the church. Bearing with one another, loving one another, endeavoring to keep unity of the spirit in the bonds of peace you know for some of you guys as we talk about family and parents you've had children and you're not young you've grown in life and one of your children or maybe a family member it didn't have to be a kid they have been disruptive in ways And maybe they've been disruptive or their marriage has been disruptive and they've swayed and they're not really connected and brother doesn't talk to sister. And I always think about this. I always think about a parent looking at that and going, I don't understand why we can't even have a family dinner. Like I don't understand why y'all can't be together. I can't understand why we can't go to Florida and we can't break bread and we can't talk because that woman hates this guy and all of those things. Do you understand how phenomenal the family is? You know how great this is and what you're missing out, right? Paul goes, man, I'm begging you. The church is awesome. Brothers and sisters in Christ are awesome. Don't eat each other. Don't turn on one another. God created the earth. He gave his son to rescue it. He rose to assure it. His Spirit was given to guide us, his word to flow through us, and his people to love and to live in community with. This morning, as we close, can we commit to one another? Like we got the pieces. This is either $5 or this is a thousand. One or the other. If you want to keep living $5, keep living $5 types of faith. But you're missing out. You don't know how amazing it is to have friends within the body. To love and pray and hurt for people in Afghanistan. To serve the woman who needs to be served. To give to the people that need to be given to. You don't know what you're missing out. Can we commit to each other? We have the pieces. We have the instructions. You have a desire to build. As we pray, I want to challenge you. Not only do I challenge you to look inward, am I childish? Is he speaking to me? Am I that individual? Do I love greater than I hate? Have I built up or have I built down? Do you love well? To get the elephant out of the room, the reality is is about all of us that sit here, including me, we have the people who have made way too many mistakes. We have the struggling marriages and the addictions. We have the annoying and the socially awkward. We have the individuals that come from good families and those that come from broken homes. We got it all in here. The people sitting next to you are not perfect. And here's the truth, neither are you. Can we commit to only uplifting words coming out of our mouth? concerning other brothers and sisters can we pray for other churches can we love other people get outside of our box of only the people that fit my mold I will uplift because man when we do so the world will know the world will see the goodness of who God is there will be something different We're not fighting over vaccines and viruses and denominations and none of those things. We are going to love God and love one another, and that will attract the masses. Can you commit to being different? That is what the church needs. That is what we need. That is what I need. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for today. Lord, as David said, that is me. I have struggled. I preach from experience. Lord, I wouldn't be comfortable. I wouldn't be comfortable at the frustration and things that I have said in my past. I need forgiveness. But Lord, I want to uplift my brothers and sisters. Lord, I pray that we stand firm on truth, that we don't ever look the other way that we understand theology and apologetics and, and all the things that we treat, that, that teach, or they are primary, they are important. But at the end of the day, I pray that we love one another well, that we show grace to one another well, that we show mercy to one another well, that we serve one another well. What I pray that this church is such a blinding light of love and grace of your spirit that people flood it because it is different that all the people have known are garage sales. That is all we know are random pieces. But man, when we see what you have done with those pieces, people that are founded on the gospel and lavishing in your gifts, there is not enough room for us. There is not enough room. Lord, I pray that you make that church this. Lord, at the front of the line, I pray for forgiveness of where I've failed. I am praying for forgiveness of my ugly words and my resentment and my self-righteousness and my pride. Lord, help me lead by an example of love for my people. In your precious and holy name, the church says in harmony, amen.